Hello and welcome to the D1 Softball Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Henry. As always, we are excited to bring you the best of the best in college softball. After the show, head on over to d1softball.com for all the latest stories, coaching scoop, international softball news, fall reports, and more. If you subscribe today, you can use Podcast 20, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T 20 for 20% off an annual subscription. We are excited for today's new episode that features North Texas head coach Rodney DeLong. I'm joined by my co-host, Rhiannon Podkey. Rhi, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. It's 2023, new year, new energy. I'm excited, ready to have a much better year. Watch some softball pretty soon. We got these countdowns every day I see. You know, everyone's counting down, 40 days, 43. So really, really excited. It's, it's coming quick. Yes, happy new year to you and happy new year to all of our listeners we are now in 2023, and that means, like you said, we, we are really close to the softball season. And so we are going to keep preparing you for softball season with reports on all of your favorite Division One softball schools. We keep rolling them out. We will keep rolling them out the next two weeks, and then we'll head into our preseason content to get you ready for softball season. So we'll start with the Arizona State Sun Devils. First year head coach, Megan Bartlett there with the Sun Devils. We had her on the podcast earlier and Brady Vernon with the full report uh, on what's happening in Tempe. Uh, I think we all saw that roster deplete in the off season and we're thinking, is, are they going to even have a team heading into the, the next season? But Megan's done a great job reloading there and uh, excited to see what she does in her first season in the Pac-12. Re thoughts on the Sun Devils? Yeah, exactly. Just trying to, you know, keep the ones that wanted to stay. And obviously they lost some of their top players, but she did get some coming in between that and recruiting and transfers. And then I think keeping that coaching staff like she wanted was a key, a real big key for her and, and just having those those people around her, those voices around her. But um, it's always tough when you come in, especially, you know, that late in the game and, and knowing that, you know, some kids you choose a school for a school, but some kids are want, you know, they choose it for a coach too. Like, that's just reality. Like, you know, you bond with the coach. So, um, but I think she's fine. I think she's got enough there where it's a great little foundation she's going to build. And, um, you know, she's got, like I said, the staff around her to help out. So I think that'll be successful. I'm eager to see how kind of she takes it and, you know, the home run mindset down there and then maybe the swag of Arizona state that I don't think that sun devil swag ever leaves. So we'll probably still see some Farrington fireworks down there. Yeah, so Marissa Schuld returns for the Sun Devils. And interesting to note, they pick up Sarah Kinch, the catcher from Minnesota. And I actually listened to Kinch speak at the Gentro Catching Retreat here in Orange, California. And she talked about her experience and what she went through in terms of her, her process of transferring in. And to be honest, Rishi, she wasn't even going to keep continuing to play softball and she now has a new outlook and excited to get on the field for the Sun Devils. So big pickup uh, in just during that break for Sarah Kent. She's heading over to Arizona State. That's Arizona State. Then we'll just head not too far away to Tucson, the Arizona Wildcats, Caitlin Lowe, and her first season at the helm for the Wildcats advanced all the way to the Women's College World Series. And her and Taryn Millot 
uh, and Lauren Lappin did a heck of a job leading that team through the Starkville Regional beating Mississippi, a very hot Mississippi State team that beat the uh, beat Florida State in, in Tallahassee. So heading to see what's going to happen uh, with the Wildcats in Arizona. Re thoughts on Arizona and Caitlin Lowe? Yeah, they got a lot coming back. Obviously, you got to replace Hannah Bowen in the circle, which uh, that pitching staff really kind of found their form late in the season last year and were really key after, uh, you know, kind of, you know, struggling a little bit in a, in a really good, obviously, playing against Pac-12 competition is not easy. But they do have Devin Nets back. Um, they got some newcomers. And they have a lot of, you know, juniors and really, like, savvy juniors, too, like Ali Skaggs, obviously, um, Izzy Pacho. They lost a few transfers, we know, to the UCLA. It's kind of rough. Before they leave for the Big Ten, they decided to fleece them of some of their players. But uh, you got, like, Carly Scoopin coming back. So they've got a really, really good core with Jasmine Perez-Chica. I mean, that junior class is really solid. So if they can just get some help for Devin in the circle there and bring in the, some of these freshmen that Caitlin seems really high on. But, I mean, just judging by, you know, if you read the fall report, she's very excited about this team. And I think she's really thinks that they can do something. And they gained a lot of confidence from that late season run. And that's a heck of a way to make your debut as a, as a head coach. We know she's been with the program. Um, so they still got a lot of talent there in Tucson. And if they can figure out some stuff in the circle, I think they're going to be really, uh, really have a good shot to, to make it deep again. So that's the Arizona State Wildcats. Again, Caitlin Lowe in her second season now, entering her second season at the helm. Then we'll head on over to the Big Ten uh, to take a look at Wisconsin. I actually spoke to Yvette, Yvette Healy, uh, the Badger skipper, and she's excited about what is returning there uh, in Madison. Maddie Schwartz, breakout season in the circle for Wisconsin. And Kayla Conway actually has another year of eligibility. Didn't quite know if she was going to get it, she had applied to the NCAA for it, but she does have that extra year of eligibility. Uh, and most of that squad is returning from um, their regional debut. But uh, Ree, any other thoughts on Wisconsin and the Badgers? Yeah, really excited about the Kayla news. Kayla Conwin. I mean, that's like one of our favorites, obviously. And uh, just a big, you know, not, not only just obviously a huge power hitter and a huge just dynamic piece to that offense. But her leadership and just her excitement, especially after coming back from such a devastating injury, thinking her career was done, she's kind of got that perspective. And I could tell even last year that the, I mean, they were just, they always just looked like they were having fun, like, you know, winning or losing. They were, they were just pumped up and she looked like she just had so much joy out there. And I think that's really radiated throughout the team and just a scrappy, gritty bunch. I love, you know, they kind of just embrace all comers and all elements in everything they do. So, uh, Really, really, I love watching them, and I think I was just, like I said, really mostly happy that Kaylee gets another year because I think that's really going to help that team. And uh, I think, like you said, they, I mean, they, Yvette's made them a pretty regular postseason team here now, and I know they want to break through that Super Regional, and so we'll see if this is the year to do it, but they definitely have some experience coming back and um, some, some, good, some good pieces to that team coming, coming around to 2023. Yeah, and, and I, when I spoke to Coach Healy, she talked about Kayla and how, you know, she joined kind of mid-season, so she didn't really train and, and was throwing, her mom was throwing BP to her, so that was her live pitching, and 
And for her to come back and have this full year with the team, I think we're going to see her potentially go up again for a Big Ten player of the year because she can flat out hit and she's just an incredible player. So we'll see how uh, things shape up in Madison. That's Wisconsin. Uh, and then we're, we're going to roll out a couple more heading uh, into next week. So, so stay tuned. Now we're going to get to our guest of the week. Joining us this week is Rodney DeLong from North Texas. Re, uh, thoughts on, on, on Rodney and what he's done at North Texas? Just an immense amount of respect for what, what they've you know done in terms of building that program and being regular contenders and, and taking on a lot of Power Five conference teams and um, build a really strong tradition there. I know they, you know, no matter what, who they have on the roster, he's just a great, great recruiter and perfect culture pieces there that he brings in and, and just a wherever he's gone he's had success I mean at all the stops I've kind of followed in his career and um, he's really gotten North Texas going and uh, just really impressed with with what they are and I'm I'm judging if you read Graham's fall report man they uh they got some potential this year to do some damage I think they're going to be one we always we always have them on the radar but uh, they're going to stick on the radar I think a lot longer this year and be on there because there's some of those pieces they have coming back sounds like it's going to be a really dynamic team all right, here he is, uh, North Texas head coach, Rodney DeLong. Welcome back to the D1 Softball Podcast. Tara Henry here, now joined by our guest of the week, head coach of North Texas, Rodney DeLong. Rodney, thank you so much for joining us this week. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on, Tara. Now, Rodney enters his fifth season uh, with the Mean Green, an incredible record. 129 and 52 uh, in Denton and just a season ago uh, making history uh, with North Texas uh, getting to the first regional getting first regional wins uh, and first conference USA title Rodney you kind of walk me through last season and and what that was like and we talked about this earlier is your fifth season but you've only technically really had three uh, being uh, in Denton right no, it was, it was great. It was a great experience. Um, it's hard to believe I've already been here, um, you know, four complete years. Uh, really, last year for us to win the tournament was a big deal. You know, we've won the regular season the first two years I was here. And actually, last year we finished uh, second. And um, really just, you know, winning the tournament, not having to worry about the committee or anything like that, that was, uh, that was huge for us. It was big for our program. Um, it was big for our young team, too. Got a young group that um, really needed that experience, that postseason experience, because you know we've we've got we've got bigger goals and dreams. And um, I, I felt like last year we were, you know, we had a talented group, and if we could just punch through and um, get into that atmosphere, get into that environment, and see what it, what it looks like and what it takes, um, you know, I, I thought it would really propel our our, our team. And so, uh, yeah, like that was a, that was a great experience for us. It was a lot of fun, and I'm really excited about. Uh, you know, moving forward with this group. And there's a fall report up on our website on d1solvable.com. Graham Hayes with uh, just an incredible outlook or incredible kind of story on North Texas. But, you know, it talked about the beginning of the season where uh, some pitchers went down and you had some serious injuries and Ashley Peters and Skylar Savage stepped up uh, in the circle for you. Let's kind of go through that. What was that? What did what was that feeling like uh, being down a, a couple arms that early in the season? 
Right. Yeah. You know, well, coming into the thing, you know, we, of course we lost, uh, we lost a great pitcher in hope, um, as she transferred to Oklahoma. And, um, so we had a lot of new faces, um, you know, and really going into the year, we, we were pretty excited about what we put together again, you know, um, you know, this game, it all revolves around the circle and, um, yeah, we were excited, but we also had two of our, two of our top four pitchers that, you know, they had some nagging things and some things going on that were, you know, we were kind of worried, but, but once we got into the season, once we got to that first weekend, we felt like we were going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, like, I mean, within days of each other, you know, both those kids go down with season ending injuries. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there like, I think it's the second weekend of the season. <laughs> we're like, what in the world? What are we going to do? Like, this is terrifying. You know, I mean, I, I know there was probably a time in softball where two pitchers was the thing, but yeah, in my experience, um, and luckily I didn't only have two pitchers last year, right? Like, uh, it was a little terrifying. And so, uh, you know, we, we sat down and, and, and really we sat those two down uh, with our staff. And then as a staff, we just sat down and kind of game planned. All right, what's this going to look like? Um, and basically I call it bubble wrap treatment, right? So <laughs> like, Ashley is extremely athletic, right? Like extremely athletic, like the kid, if she wasn't a pitcher. I'm quite sure she could contribute in the lineup for us she could hit she could play the outfield like and like like wants to be active and wants to do things and I like literally like I wouldn't let her shag BP like when she was done with her pins and done with her prehab and all that stuff bands or whatever core whatever it is we were doing I'm like hey Ashley go sit in the dugout because that was the same <laughs> matter of fact just go home go home go study like both of them like kept them on the bubble wrap treatment and uh did all we could to to you know, not put them in a position that they didn't need to be in to get hurt. And I mean, it was awesome. Uh, they both had a really good uh, mentality about it, you know, and they both kind of partnered up and they both kind of took pride in it. And, you know, they made jokes about me not letting them do anything. And they would ask me stupid questions every now and then just to, I think, get on my nerves. But, you know, they took it and ran with it. And uh, man, it was it was amazing. Like, it was awesome to see what they did. And it was awesome to see how our team got behind them and really fought for them. And it was challenging too. Um, three game series day three was tough. Cause you know, they've already seen both kids. They've already thrown a ton. And I think part of our, you know, part of our struggles a year ago in, and I wouldn't call it struggles, but um, I think last year was the most amount of losses we've taken in our conference. Now our conference, I believe has gotten better since I've been here, but also I, we're more talented than we've been since I've been here. And so um you know, teams adjusted to our, our kids really well. And it was just hard to sweep people. And um, yeah, but anyways, we, we grew through it. And I think finishing second in the regular season, again, really like ignited our fire a little bit going into the conference tournament. And we were, we were disappointed in that. We were upset in that. And um, they kind of took a refused to lose attitude into that tournament and made a pretty good run there in the postseason. And, and really without Ashley and Skyler and their leadership and their hard work and, um, you know, we don't do that without those two. So it was pretty special. It was pretty cool to see. And you mentioned earlier losing hope to Oklahoma and obviously Oklahoma goes on to win the national championship. And you and I have had this conversation before and you've been quite vocal about the transfer portal. What are your true thoughts about the portal? Because you've got some transfers on your squad and we'll get into yeah. it. Um, yeah. I mean, so I, what do you feel? How do you feel about it? Honestly, um, you know, something needed to be done. Like it was unfair for athletes. You know, I can remember a time when I first got into college softball, a kid left your program 
you could literally block anybody you wanted to block from that kid being able to transfer to where if they did go somewhere that you blocked, they'd have to sit out a year, you know. Um, that wasn't fair because coaches could hop and go wherever they wanted. You know, kids do get into bad situations. Plus, we had the ridiculous early recruiting. I, I'm I'm for the transfer portal for for the purpose of what it was created for. I am. I am. Um, I, I do think we got to buckle it down a little bit. You know, um, I still think there's some some Wild West things going on there. Um, it's an unfortunate part of it. But at the same time, the portals helped us. It's helped us more than it's hurt us. Honestly, I think it's only hurt us one time. Um, it's helped us a lot more. And so I think if, you know, if we're, if we're running a good program, our culture's good, we're treating kids right, I think it's going to help us here at North Texas more than it'll ever hurt us. There will be some times where, yeah, kids will jump because they're going to get a great opportunity. And honestly, you know, if if we can put kids in that situation, it's it's hard for me to to be mad at a kid like Hope that goes and plays at Oklahoma. That was a great opportunity for her. And, and we, you know, I felt like we we afforded that by by doing our job. And I think that's just part of it. So and when you say well, well, West, which <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm on the West Coast, so uh, what type of wild, wild West things are happening? Uh, you know, well, I'll just reference football. Um, you know, you've got some coaches just recently um, vocalizing their issues with certain coaches from bigger schools calling and recruiting their players off their rosters or using their players and using whoever else it is to really influence their players. And, and that's not right. And that's not what it was created for. Um, and, and I've said this before, like, you know, um, we work hard to recruit who we recruit. We work hard to evaluate who we evaluate. And, and we, I think we do a good job of both of those things and we do a good job of developing kids. And so like you missed on that kid. So until that kid gets on the portal, you don't have the right to take them from somebody. That that's the problem I have with it, and that's that's going on in some instances. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for the most part, most people are doing it right, but there are some people that are um, you know using their brand or using their logo to pull kids off the portal, and that's not the purpose of it. That that isn't what it was intended to be for. It was it was for the welfare of the athlete, and, you know. And again, hopefully, we get some a little better regulations to where. Um, athletes can take advantage of it and and not coaches you know yeah so. i also think obviously the nil you know portion of this is is thrown kind of a bit a even bigger a monkey wrench into it because now you've got some real money uh, happening in that but i like what you say about development rodney talk to me a little bit about about your recruiting philosophy what kind of you know athlete are you looking for and right. like you said you've only been there really this is your fifth season, but you've only been there three years, but now you've had some kids um, for a while. What does that philosophy look like for you? I mean, you know, for us, like we're not going to hit on the, the all the polished kids, right? Like we're going to get some polished kids. We're going to get some good kids right out of high school, but it's hard for us to get the 6'2 polished pitcher that throws 67 as a junior in high school, right? Like everybody knows where those kids are going. Um, and so, you know, we – in the evaluation process, there's things that we have to look at. And, um, um, you know, one of the big things we do look at is just overall athleticism, um, quick twitch, things like that. And then, like, are these kids workers? And, you know, and we question their coaches and we question their strength coaches and we question people that know them. And we try to find out as much info as we can. And and really, we want we want workers, you know, and we want good people. And we've learned that, you know, if you if you 
put together a group of hard workers, good people that are pretty athletic, like those kids are going to get better and they're going to improve. So I think um, without going too deep into it, um, that those are some big things that we look for. Um, and, you know, and just like Skyler is an example, you know, it's funny, you know, I hear, I hear things, you know, I go back and watch those games that we're playing on television and I hear the announcers say things like people didn't see her. Well, that's not true. I'm sitting next to several D1, several power fives watching her throw and they're watching her throw the ball in the low 60s and they're watching her get hit and and they're writing her off because she's not a product, you know, a polished piece. Well, what I see is a three-sport athlete, uh, an athlete that's uh, a three-sport all-state athlete that is quick twitch, that has great size. And we bring them on a visit and their family, they're great people. She's a great kid. And I'm like, like this, this is like, as far as predicting a kid's future, like she was, it was easy for me. Like, like why, why are other people passing which I'm glad they did. I don't care. You know, um, that's part of it. Right. And, and I feel like that's something we've done really well. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple other arms that people are going to see this year and they're going to be doing the same thing, you know? So, um, yeah, that's just some of the things that we look at. And I feel like that's a big part of our success in recruiting. And then obviously, you know, the kids that work hard and continually, um, work on their craft and things like that, um, they get better. And so, you know, we're, we're constantly looking for kids, blue collar mentalities, kids that want to work, want to get better and want to be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. And you can find those things out usually when you're around them, when you're around their families. And, and so, um, you know, character is a big deal too, when we're recruiting. And, you know, we normally start with stuff like this, but I really want to talk about your background, obviously, uh, you grew up in Lawton, Oklahoma, and played baseball uh, at Cameron University. What made you switch over to uh, coaching softball? When and when was that transition, and and what was that like? So I got hired um, pretty quickly out of college to coach baseball, and in Oklahoma, uh, in, in high school, they play fall fast pitch, and so obviously spring is baseball. Um, shortly after I got the job, the guy that was coaching softball there got a principal job somewhere. And so they were like, Hey, we'd also like you to do softball. And my, my little sister was playing and my dad was, was coaching. My dad's like a, a lifelong coach. He's actually the high school baseball coach at the high school that I went to. And so I'd been around it, you know, my, me and my uh, youngest sister were close and I'd been around it and I really liked the game. I really liked watching her play growing up and all that stuff. And so, um, you know, they tell me they want me to do it. So I'm like, sure, you know, I'll do it. And uh, I, I had my dad come help me for a little bit. And uh, I really fell in love with the game. Like it was like, I, I love the pace. I, I loved how girls worked um, with a lot less ego versus my guys. Uh, and then just on the developmental side. So at that time, after my first year, we're, uh, we're in the summer and I'm, I'm practicing my softball girls in the morning. I'm practicing my baseball guys. Like Basically what I'm doing is like, you can go off and play travel for whoever you want, but you got to, you got to contribute, you know, three, four or five hours a week with me um, so that we can develop and I can work with you and all that stuff. So that's what I was doing. And then I created two little um, basically summer leagues to where some of the local high schools, we could just play with our kids against each other, keep our kids active. Really, I was just looking for a way to be able to practice with my kids all summer. And one night I took the softball team, my assistant took the baseball team. We both played a doubleheader at the same time and we were done with our doubleheader in softball and baseball was like just starting their second game. And I'm like, hey, this is also cool, right? Like the pace of play and everything. And little did we know that like our world would, the attention span and the phone and all that stuff changed. So 
it actually worked out. So anyway, so I did them both and had a lot of success in both. But um, I was sitting at my desk one day and my high school AD came up and said, hey, you know, the University of or Cameron University softball job came open and, and they're interested in you. Is this something you'd want to do? Because if you do, we'd fully support you. And I was like, ah, I think so. I think that'd be cool. And next thing you know, it, I got the Cameron job. And so that's when I was done with baseball. So I had done both up until that point. Um, so I started off at Cameron and went from Cameron to uh, Georgia Tech as an assistant for one year, Austin P, and then now here. And so that's been my little rise I guess you could say in the softball world <laughs> and you you mentioned your dad as a mentor uh, talk about that you know your relationship with him and and kind of what he taught you uh, growing up and then you said in in terms of of helping you uh, when you first started coaching yeah so first of all um you know my dad's only like 17 years older than me um and in a lot of situations that happen like that um dads aren't always around, you know, and, and my dad's a blue collar guy. And, and so, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of things and lessons that I learned from him just about his blue collar nature growing up. Cause you know, he was young, we weren't very wealthy or anything. Actually, I say that we were pretty poor growing up and um, no matter what we were going through, you know, I always had food to eat. I always had things that I needed and I, I just, he seemed to always provide, you know, so just, just being an example and always being there for me um, was a big part of it. Right. And then, as I got older, um, he, he's, he's very obsessive. Uh, you know, he's always trying to learn. He's still trying to learn. He'll call me, he'll text me, he'll send me, look at this video. You know, he showed me all these different things and he's just a learner. And even to this day, you know, he's still learning. And, and, uh, that was a big part of it, right? Like he taught me work ethic and all that stuff. And I think just, just more than anything is he just, you know, he's taught me how to grind and, and, and work hard and outwork people. And, and, and to try to be a good person and and he's good with people everybody loves him and that's something that he's always been really good at um just managing people and handling people and that's just different things that I've just witnessed growing up and 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 so I you know I think just a lot of that's rubbed off on me so yeah and you talk about um kind of learning and and education what are kind of your favorite when you're looking for something or if you're constantly learning what do you look to in terms of how to get better or resources, because I think it sometimes, you know, especially head coaching positions, it, it's a lot and there's a lot to do all at once, but how do you continue to, to stay present and, and, and stay in it? You know, I, I do think just with times and as time goes on, I think it's important that we do continually, um, continually reinvent ourselves, you know, so that the game doesn't pass us by. Um, the game of softball, even in the time I've been in it, has changed, and I think for the better. Um, obviously, people and kids have changed, and and really, like, I think where some people fail is uh, they don't want to change with the times, and they don't want to adjust with 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 people, and they become dinosaurs and they get passed up. You know, um, one thing I try to do is, uh, you know, I, I always try to be open. I'm always open for new things, but like, there's a way to be open and and reinvent yourself, but still like follow the things that get you here, you know, if that, if that makes sense. And so we look for new ideas to basically do the same things that we've been doing that I've been doing for years. Uh, and, and I, I try to get those from, from people who do it really well, right? Like if I see Kenny at OSU doing something that I really like, I just call him like, Hey, you know, what are you doing here? Um, how do you do this? How do you prepare for it? Why do you do it? What's it look like in practice? And, 
and and you'd be surprised most people give you the information and um really i'm just like the best copier i i would think you know i see uh, somebody having a lot of success with something or i hear a name okay this guy's behind their philosophy of hitting and so i search out that guy all right what how, how are we doing this you know pick his brain pick her brain whoever it is you know um i try to give it try to get the information and that's something that's helped that helps and just continually trying to learn continually trying to adjust and you know I think being open, I think is, is really important in our, in our profession. And, and obviously just understanding young people and understanding society and all that stuff. And that's something I feel like we're, we're, we're good. We're good at being current. We're good at being cool. And, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I want to be that way until I'm, until I'm dead, you know? So hopefully that's yeah. something that if I get the opportunity to coach till I'm 60, I hope I still look like a 40 year old dude. I, I tell my wife and friends all the time, I'm going to be that 65 year old with the boar shorts and, <laughs> uh, surfboard and tan skin and like that's you know I don't ever want to be old or, or or perceived as old and so I, I think that's a big part of it too when you're when you're leading young people yeah you mentioned your wife Megan and you've got two children uh in Riker uh, and Kaya yeah. what is what is that family dynamic look like when uh you got some time off because uh, softball does take up I'm sure a lot of your time but uh what, what have you been able to do as a family uh outside of softball yeah, we, we try to travel as much as we can. Um, we go on several vacations in the summertime in between recruiting and, and even the when the recruiting kind of period ends. I, I try to spend as much time as my with my kids as I can. I, I think sometimes my wife's like, isn't it time to go back to work? When do you guys, when do you guys start? <laughs> I, I'm gone so much. And I think sometimes she's like, okay, it's time for you to go find something to do. Um, but no, I mean, they're, they're so supportive. She's really supportive. Um, and, and honestly, I, I, I couldn't have done this and had the career I had without her and without them. My kids are very busy also. So they're at the ages now where they're into a lot of things. Um, my son is, uh, he plays travel baseball. He plays football. He's lifting now and he's 13. Um, my daughter's competitive dance theater. Um, she's in uh, a bunch of different things. So she does travel soccer. And so, man, like, we're stretched pretty thin too. So, um, so it's, you know, most of the time it's a madhouse. You, you wouldn't want to see my house during the spring because it, it looks like a bomb went off, but like, you know, we're just all over the place. We're going and going and going and it's just our little life and it's, it's fun and it's the way it is. But yeah, I, I, I try to devote as much time as I can when, when I have the opportunity. So when we're not recruiting, when we're not practicing playing and stuff, I'm, I'm with my kids and my family a lot and, you know, just, trying to instill the same lessons that I learned and trying to teach my kids how to work hard and all the same things as, as, as that I witnessed, the, you know, as a child and all that. So yeah, it's been good. It's been fun. It sounds like there's some, some good balance there. Um, yeah, for sure. For and sure. we'll end with, we'll end with a few uh, just kind of easy ones. What's your, what's your favorite food? Favorite food, man. I, I like seafood. I really do. Okay. Um, no, like really what kind like of Really like crab legs. So any chance I get in the coast and yeah, I like the crab legs. So I guess there are you scheduling games in uh uh over in uh the east north the northeast there just to get into some crab. I mean I wish I wish I could go up there. <laughs> no, not quite. I know that's really good up there, but really, yeah, yeah. And let's say are you a Netflix watcher? Do you are you, do you do any streaming show? What oh, is yeah. Yeah, so we, we are all, we're all streaming Hulu, Netflix, yeah. Disney, you name it. We got it. Yeah. Well, what's uh, happening right now? What are you guys streaming there at the house? 
Oh, that's a guy. You know, it's kind of embarrassing, but I'm rewatching the last season of Stranger Things. I really like that show. And so I already already miss it. You know, they take too long in between seasons. So I'm I'm, I'm watching that season four again. And then obviously I, I like Yellowstone. That's a new one. That's uh that's pretty good that I that I appreciate. I've probably watched all the all the really good series on Netflix. I've watched them. So I don't do much of the reality TV series. I do more of the Friday Night Lights and Breaking Bad and all that stuff. So Netflix is probably my favorite. Yeah, I just finished Yellowstone, or I guess the season finale was just uh, was just on. So I just finished that uh, great series. Well, uh, Rodney, I won't keep you too long because I know you've got some work to, to do and you got to get into season here uh, pretty soon. But just wanted to thank you so, so much for joining us uh, today on the D1 Softball Podcast. Best of luck this season. Thank you. Uh, you. And thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's awesome what you guys do and what you do for softball. It's needed and we need people like you. So we really appreciate you. I really appreciate you. Again, thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Rodney. And hopefully we'll have you back on during the season. Uh, we can get an update uh, on how it's going over there. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Right. Thanks so much. Tara Henry here on the D1 Softball Podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Rodney DeLong, North Texas head coach, joining us this week on the D1 Softball Podcast. Uh, love his... Um, his idea of bubble wrapping his, his pitchers because at, at one point last season uh, he talked about it in in Graham's fall report but then going over it again uh, just protecting those arms and sounds like again just a young young uh, team is now turning into a kind of veteran squad and we're excited to see what what they do heading into the 2023 season uh, and what you know kind of they can do moving forward. Yeah, always a good interview with Rodney. Always enjoy listening to what he says and when he speaks and kind of just the knowledge he brings and really good, really good, uh, you know, good fun group too. I remember when we first opened our website, the uh, the ice cream days they used to have on wins. I mean, that's a very famous thing, but uh, <laughs> the ice cream road wins were always one that they like to share on social. So it's been a longstanding relationship we've had here on the podcast with Rodney. And it's always good to have him back. Uh, and that's it, I believe, for the D1 Softball Podcast. Head on over to the site, d1softball.com. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions, you can email us at info at d1softball.com, or you can send messages to Rhiannon and, and I on Twitter, and, and we'll get back to you. And um, Thank you so much for joining us on the D1 Softball Podcast. Tara Henry for Rhiannon Podkey. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>